Hi, can you fix my computer? Thanks for calling today. Yeah, I can do that. What seems to be the problem? It's frozen. Uh, it's stuck. Specific about the issue? Not really. It's it's frozen. Nothing's moving. What more do you need to know? I'm just trying to help. Can you tell me what's on your screen? Uh, yeah, sure. It's the Curiosity Project. What's Curiosity Project? What are the three things you value most in life? Oh, uh, family, uh, doing what I love, good food. Good food? What's your favorite food? Uh, you know, I'm from the East Coast, so we pride ourselves on, on pizza. I grew up in Connecticut, which has the greatest pizza in the country. And that might be a Ooh, that's a bold system. claim. Yeah, yeah, but let me explain. Let me explain. So I come from Connecticut near New Haven, uh, which is home to the first pizza restaurant in the United States called Pepe's Pizza. I know they don't sponsor me. I'm just a huge fan. They uh, were the first pizza restaurant to come into this country, and they haven't changed their recipe or method of cooking since. They came in the early 1900s. So yeah, their pizza, any day of the week, any hour of the day is, is my favorite. Yeah, I love it. Tell me a memory which shaped you. Filmmaking is a huge part of my life. Growing up, my parents had like one of those old VHS style cameras for family vacations and any sort of family events, birthdays, anniversaries, parties. And I remember picking it up for the first time, not knowing what I was doing. In fact, the zoom function was zoomed all the way in. Uh, and I was just <laughs> recording, burning through tape, not recording anything specific. And I remember plugging the camera directly into the TV. It was like a three-pronged outlet into the camera for like audio and, vi and visual, and then three-pronged outlet directly into the oh, TV. Did yours have the colors? Like the, the yes, blue, exactly. green, red. Amazing, yeah. I had, yeah. I had a very similar camera, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like white for video and like yellow and red for both sides of the stereo audio. And I remember watching immediately what I had just recorded and just becoming overwhelmed with emotion. Even though it was, just, it was just blurry colors, just the idea of capturing something to film, you know, that once was and never will be again, if it wasn't for, you know, it being captured, it, it was really special to me. I'll never forget that memory. It was kind of like the Quincy Jones experience of touching the piano for the first time, that this is what he wanted to do. I kind of felt in my bones that, you know, I felt a really, really strong physical and emotional connection to, to what I had just done. It's amazing like hearing that experience because I wouldn't say definitely not on, on that scale. Like when I was a kid, my parents had a very similar like Super 8 style camera as well. And I spent like, I think I was, must have been like six years old. And I spent like a day stop motion animating Lego figures to do like this little dance yeah. to Mr. Blue Sky. And I was like, like just this idea of like, I just made this. Holy shit. This enthusiasm of like, and to hear that it kind of just shaped the rest of where you want it to go is crazy. What's your favorite color? My favorite color, you know, blue kind of follows me around wherever I go. I had this painting in my old apartment. It's called Klein's Blue. It's one of my favorite paintings. And uh, this artist, Eve Klein, kind of created this shade of blue. And to this day, it's named after him. Like if you want to ever, you know, paint your walls this color or use this color on Photoshop or something, it's called Klein's Blue. It's like this dark, shade of blue that I connect to very much emotionally. Blue is probably my favorite color. My favorite single color. My favorite combination of colors is red and black. I like like really strange facts about colors. Like, did you know, for example, that on battleships, battleships don't have to be gray. They just kind of choose to make them gray because it's easier to diffuse light. The, the permatite in the paint actually 
can be like purple or black. There, um, I think the Israeli Defense Force has like purple ships. Oh, uh, so, wow. Yeah. So I think that it's like, there's something really special about color that people pick, they, they see something they're like, I want that, or this represents me, as you can see with me and orange. So for people that are hearing this, uh, I'm wearing like orange socks. I'm wearing an orange t-shirt, orange hat. I just really like the color orange. So Yeah, uh, color is probably the most underrated aspect of art uh, in any form. I say painting is pretty obvious, but sometimes you get so lost in other forms of art, whether it be visual or even audible, uh, that you lose sense of the color choices. And yeah, I mean, especially with, with film, color is incredibly important. There are entire departments dedicated to color choice, you know, on, on big film shoots. So a lot of, it's, it's a very important aspect of, of the visual art form. Even when you're making documentaries, do you have like a specific color vibe? Because I know like mm. there is the uh, very classic cyberpunk guest, which is like vast black and grays with neon reds and blues and greens and that sort of thing. Or like even on um, those, like, you know, this La La Land-esque kind of harkening back to the past. They usually take like pastel colors and then use vibrant greens and yellows to really bring out what, what important characters. So when you're making stuff, do you keep that in mind? Like, is, is that something when you're making your documentaries, like, oh, people who are emotive, I, I usually associate with red or I try and frame them in a red way or anything like that? Yeah, when, when I'm making my narrative films, absolutely very focused on color choice and wardrobe and prop, I mean, color of wardrobe and color of props. But when I'm making the documentary, especially this Are You Happy series, I am constant, uh, my, my main focus is just capturing the story and trying to capture the soul of the person and uh, not as much concerned about specific color choices. Some things that I could control with this Are You Happy series is like, which way is the light hitting? Am I shooting digital or am I shooting film? You know, that, that all affects texture and the way color uh, interacts with the image or the way the image interacts with color rather. Um, but yeah, I'm not, with this Are You Happy series, not too concerned about color choice, but with my narrative work, very concerned. Tell me in as much detail as you can about something you knew of which once existed and now does not. Oh, yeah. So there used to be this bowling alley in, in my town, and it was the spot to be at. It was connected <laughs> to, uh, to this restaurant that my dad used to work at. That was like a great weekend getaway. It was also a cool spot to go to with friends or family. And it was really special because, like I said, my dad was there. So if I was ever there, on uh, like a, at a friend's party or a friend's gathering, uh, I could always call my dad over and he'll bring us a pizza or, or he'll you know, give me a hug, check in on me. And, and bowling there was really fun. Yeah, and that bowling alley was torn down about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And it just kind of killed the whole vibe of the place. Now that whole area has turned into this huge shopping center with Starbucks and a bunch of national chains. But it used to be just like a, a large parking lot with the Valley Restaurant and uh, a Valley uh, Bowling Alley. It was, yeah, it was really, really special times. Pure Americana vibes that, that like, I can even picture it myself, these bowling pins, like knocking yeah. over a bunch of kids, like high-fiving. Yeah, they had an arcade there. Uh, you know, I'd run and ask my dad for a couple of bucks. He'd let me go into like the kitchen of his rest of the restaurant he worked at. So, you know, being this little kid in this like crazy loud kitchen, snagging a couple bucks from dad, leaving the kitchen, running to the bowling alley, sprinting to the, to the arcades, racing, drinking you know, too much sugary drinks, eating too much pizza, 
Man, it was really the life. It was really, really awesome times. Yeah, I love that. I love those times. What, if anything, is perfect? Hmm. You know, although um, uh, when, we, when we look around, we might not feel like it. And although sometimes it's hard to believe or accept, uh, I think that God is perfect. I think his plan is perfect. And you know, to be honest, I don't understand it most of the time. And sometimes it's hard to keep the faith. But yeah, God, God is absolutely perfect. And, uh, and his plan is perfect. Like trying to design a machine, right? That's supposed to give every single person inside it, with a, a person with a soul, uh, the full breadth of like experience, right? So what's the point in giving a creature sadness if they can't experience, if they've never experienced right. sadness? Or what's the point in giving a creature? Like we have this massive array of emotion. And so obviously any plan which tries to, in some way or another, fit each one of those creatures' experiences, make them all happen and give them a life is, is something that I guess has to be perfect, right? Because yeah. it is trying to, so that's a, that's a really interesting answer. Who is your favorite character from fiction of any kind? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to stick with literature. I'm not going to go like to movies because that would just be way too much, way too many options. I really like Quoth from uh, the Kingkiller Chronicles fantasy series by Patrick Rothfuss. The main character's name is Quoth. He's this orphan kid who, who tries to master elements of nature and, and harness them. Uh, and he's just, uh, just really passionate about his craft and really smart and dedicated. And, and he's also a, a lover. You know, I believe he believes in love. He's really tough. He's, he's a great fighter, but he's very compassionate and he's very dedicated to, to love. And I like, I like books and characters who believe in love and who fight for love. Some of the best shows, if you look at them from that perspective, are really all about love. Like one of the most under, underrated characters I think of all time is Wilson from the like House MD. Because mm. it's, like, it's like the dude just wants his friend to be happy for five seasons before he snaps. And it's wow. like, yeah, it's like, shit that's love like we you know obviously people always talk about the cliche like 16 17 words for love in, in x language or y language but like we have one that's so versatile i think we should be pretty grateful for that uh what fascinates you fascinates me i mean dude there's so many i'm constantly in my head there's so many things that fascinate me like the nature of our reality like what you know I, although it sounds really out there like what is real and whose dream is it and, oh, pure uh, Descartes. I like it. Yeah, right, yeah. Like, nice. Who are we? Who's are we? Who are we called to be? You know, that fascinates me. That's what I think about all the time. And then with this Are You Happy series, you know, I've kind of learned that so much of our emotional state is relative. And maybe that's why the question works is because, we, you know, we don't really ask ourselves that question. We don't take the second to think about, you know, whether or not we're happy right now. We just kind of go with the flow, which is fine. But you know, in terms of relativity, it fascinates me because I'm happy right now, but I could have an experience tomorrow that pale, you know, pales in comparison to what I'm experiencing today, where I could look back, like, so I could experience something tomorrow where I look back on what I experienced today and say, no, actually, I wasn't happy. I was actually very angry. Or I could look back at a whole year, you know, and think, during that year, I could be in love and I could be at, 
you know, top of the mountain and then look back on it and, and have a completely different perspective on it. So relativity fascinates me. The nature of our reality fascinates me. The future fascinates me. Where are we going? Uh, will we be okay? The truth fascinates me. The fact that there's three sides to every story. There's your side, there's my side, and there's the truth. And the truth is something we'll never be able to know because, you know, we're so marred by our perspective on it. And, and I, I like that a lot of art, you know, is attempting to get at that truth. I like that life in a way is attempting to get at that truth. And even this conversation is a way at trying to get at some sort of truth. And I think the best movies, the best books, the best conversations, the best hugs, the best any expression, any form of love or uh, relationship, the best ones are always getting closer and closer to the truth. And when, you, when you've seen a really great movie or when you've had a really great time with a friend, you feel like you've, you've maybe even touched it. You maybe even peeked at it. A lot of things, cool. dude. A lot of things. <laughs> Thanks. That's a good way to be, though, isn't it? Uh, because, like, imagine asking that question being like, I don't, I don't know. Because yeah. but I think everyone has something. I think if you dug deep enough, everyone has something that's like, I disclose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why that's why this Are You Happy series works is because there's 7 billion stories. People are like, when are you going to run out of stories? Never. Never. Yeah. Because every single person has a story. It's just a matter of shutting up and letting them talk. Because people want to talk. I'm, like People want to tell yeah. you their story. It's just a matter of you just looking at them and listening. Like asking one question and then just listening. And even when they stop talking, when people stop talking during my interviews, I just, I just don't talk back until they fill the silence. And they just... They'll, they'll get into that habit during our conversation. And before you know it, I'm, I'm in their homes and I'm meeting their children and I'm sleeping over. And, you know. What other job would you like to do if you weren't doing this? I'd probably do something more design related, product design, uh, architecture, very interested in design. I probably will do that at some point in my later life. God willing, I live that long, but I definitely am I'm, I'm fascinated with physical design, like product design, architecture that kind of thing what is your most prized physical possession hmm. you know i went through a period of collecting and holding on to things i was gonna you know my first response is gonna be oh, my camera my camera i can't i can't live you know kind of like bellman scooby-doo says my glasses my glasses i can't see without my glasses i was like my immediate reaction was my camera you know i i need my camera I can't, oh, my first camera. I can't do without my first cameras. But to be honest, I just, uh, I just learned that, especially the camera, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. And people like to ask me, what kind of camera should I buy? What did you shoot this on? How, how can I get, you know, my footage to look like yours? My advice is just don't, like, buy a camera that, um, that you wouldn't mind throwing on the ground and breaking as soon as you buy it. You know, or use a camera that you already have that's in your pocket. I've, I've broken so many cameras. I've lost so many cameras. I really don't hold anything physical. Uh, it's not, you know, I'm still young, so I'm sure I will. There will be things, but I try as much as possible to, um, to let go of the physical. When it comes, like, clothes, I do, like, a capsule wardrobe, which is I wear, I have, like, seven of the same outfits. I'm doing yard work right now so I just have like dirty clothes but I have seven of the same outfits I wear seven days a week it's really changed my perspective on owning clothing my cameras like I said I don't you know I treat them kindly uh, so they don't break but 
I'm not like my precious camera. And um, I travel a lot, so I'm not tied to any specific home. You know, there are a lot of, I have a backpack that I carry with me um, because I'd be devastated if anyone ever saw it because it's uh, love letters, it's notes, it's birthday cards, it's poetry, stories. It's memories. Memories. Uh, and I feel like everyone has some form of this stash. I'd be, I'd be sad. I'd be sad if that were to disappear because those things do hold sentimental value for me. But, you know, what are you going to do? Let's talk about are you happy? So this is like the, even the concept is like, imagine walking in, you're after like a 12-hour shift. You're like uh, sweaty, you're like really uncomfortably sad it's like a pissing rain and like your boss is at being a dickhead and you're like walking down and then you see this dude and he comes up to you and he's like it's like are you happy mm. like the concept is wild where did that even come from great question so like i said i'm a lover of film lover i love telling stories i think every i truly believe that everyone's got a story to tell and you know my my beliefs on these my philosophy on on film coupled with an experience I had watching this film from the early 60s called Chronicle of the Summer. This is kind of where all this came from. This film originated the term cinema verite, which is French for real film, which is like a whole wave of filmmaking that started in France and went all around the world that you know, had really raw, emotional, truthful storytelling with, you know, perhaps there was no script for the film. You think of like John Cassavetti's film, or the dialogue was improvised. You think about like Truffaut. You know, this, these are all inspired by this new wave, uh, or like cinema verite wave of, of filmmaking. And this film, Chronicle of the Summer, is what started it all. Because it's two non-filmmakers, a psychologist and an anthropologist, they buy a 16 millimeter camera, which is which was like almost the cheapest. It's like right after eight millimeters. It's like one of the cheapest cameras you could buy if you wanted to make a movie. And one of them went on one side of the street, the other on the other side of the street. While the other was rolling, the other one with a microphone in his hand asked everyone that passed by in the streets of Paris that question: "Are you happy?" That movie, what it what makes it really special is that kind of like what I try to do and don't achieve as well as this film but after meeting the person on the street all of a sudden you're in their house and and you're at their dinner table and they're talking about something like completely unrelated say they talk about how you know they've fallen in love with this woman that they work with and then you know this is just a random person they saw on the street now you're hearing about a crush they have at work and then immediately in the next scene you're at work with them at their workplace and they're talking to their crush. And then the movie leaves that person behind and it continues with their crush. And they follow that person down the street and they see where they live and who they meet. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Uh, And there's a twist ending, of course. And that twist ending is what I intend to do at the end of all this series, which, uh, you know, spoiler alert for all those listening, but the filmmakers, you know, you're watching the movie, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the camera starts to zoom out on this last shot, nearing the end of the movie, starts to zoom out. And you realize the movie is kind of within a frame and there's like blackness around it. And then it continues to zoom out and zoom out and you realize there's heads. 
and, you know, in front of the frame. And, and it's a crowd of people watching the movie. And then finally you have your reverse shot and it's every single person that you met throughout the documentary. They're watching the completed film. So what I intend to do at the end of this series is get everybody together, that every single person that I interviewed, uh, put them all in a room and have them watch this movie together. Now, some people that I interviewed know about this TikTok. They know, all of them obviously knew that they were being put in a documentary, but not many of them know that tens of millions of people have seen and listened to their story. So uh, that will also be part of the reveal. It's crazy to think that, the point is, obviously, you're trying to get people to reflect on their own experiences, like answering that question for themselves. And I think it was on uh, like a live stream or something, a person asked you, like, are you happy? And I think for me, when I was formulating, when I was wanting to talk to you, that wasn't the question that came up because it's like, well, that's the whole point, isn't it? That's the journey. Why are you kind of jumping ahead? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, you're, at, you're not asking just supremely, like, are you happy? Because there's so much connotations. Happiness is an emotion, right? So right, right. You're, you're asking these, you're asking more of a, a feeling of contentment. Like, do they like their life? I love, I love one of the guys that you interviewed, his answer was like, um, of course I'm happy, I'm black. It's like, yeah, what? Well, obviously. Uh, like, that is broader than just like, today I had a good day. When you were sitting down and like, as you're going through this journey, have you been discovering things about happiness like in your own life? Have you been approaching that truth that we discussed this art, this kind of happiness? Or even now as you're making it, is it still that kind of pillar in the distance, so to speak? I learned a lot while shooting the series and I didn't, it was never about me. You know, there's a very intentional and specific reason as to why I didn't do the traditional standing next to the person I interview with a mic in their face. You know, I was always behind the camera because I wanted it to always be about that the person and not me. Of course, to myself, I was thinking, you know, am I happy or how did that person's answer make me feel? And how did that person? Be? But I never really thought about myself until I posted it. Tens of millions of people see it. And of course, 99% of people think, they all think they're asking an original question, but they're all like, I have a question you've never heard. Are you happy? Are you happy? And I'm like, all right, well, okay. All right. So this is, a, you know, a lot of people want to know this. Am I happy? Is the guy, is the, are you happy guy happy? Uh, to be honest, sometimes I'm not. Uh, and sometimes I am. And sometimes it's really hard to, to, to carry on. But I know that life is like an ocean, right? And I've, I've learned this because of my deepest lows. Um, life is like an ocean. And this, you know, if this sounds cliche and you're like, this guy's an idiot, whatever. So life is like an ocean, right? And the highs and the lows, they come in waves. And waves crash. You know, you could, you could be up really, really high or you could be really, really low. But no matter what, the wave will crash. It'll relax. Some will go into the sand. Some will recede back. And it's just a matter of being the surfer, the really cool, calm, and collected surfer, sunglasses on, just being cool. You know, you can be at the top of the hill and you're just cool. You're, you're like, you know, you're enjoying it. You're being present, but you know, in the back of your head, this will fade. Like Robert Frost said, nothing gold can stay. Everything will fade. So when happiness comes, don't try to hang on to it. Don't try to cling on to it. Like, like some fiend or like some crackhead you know, trying to cling on to their last rock. And then when pain comes, 
don't think this will last forever. You know, that this will never go away. Yes, it will go away. Your precious car will inevitably disappoint you. The good and the bad will fade. So it's all a matter of being the cool, calm, and collected surfer who's riding the waves and doesn't crash with the waves, you know, just rides them out and, and swims back to the ocean and rides the next one. You know, just be cool, calm, and collected. Like, essentially, you're hanging loose in the... In the yes, dude. It's that's yeah. what it's all about, man. It's like don't don't worry, dude. And I know like somebody's like, yeah, but I'm in I'm in this and I'm in that and I'm in an abusive this and I'm in a toxic that. It's like, dude, we get it. We get it. Your life life is sucks. Yeah. yeah, like it's like you're in a toxic relationship. Get out of it. You're in a you know your dad is mean. Get out of it. You can't get out of it. We'll work on getting. It. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not your I'm not your guru. I'm not an expert. All I can tell you, what I know for a fact, is that the happiest people that I met had three things in family. They surrounded themselves with family. Somebody's like, but what about my dad who left? Family doesn't have to be mom, dad, brother, sister, uncle. It could be colleague. It could be friend. It could be whatever your support circle is. The happiest people that I met, one of the things they had in common was family. Okay. And what else did they have in common? They did what they loved. Yeah, but I, I collect garbage. Look, they did what they loved. Or people put too much emphasis on, I want to major in this because it's my life passion. Or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to do anything other than my life passion. Look, I know a lot of people who deliver mail, who work as plumbers, who, you know, who have these very important jobs, integral to our society, and they couldn't give two shits about it. And they go yeah. home and they... And they and, they, they work on their, their Legos or they work on their book or they work on their project and that's their passion. Do they want to be, you know, the people whose guitar, whose passion is guitar? Are they dreaming about leaving the plumbing industry and being the rock star? No, they love playing guitar and that's about it. So that's another thing all these people have in common. It's passion, it's family. And the other, I kind of touched on it, but it's having a job. Having something that is bigger than you. Yes, you have your family. You love playing guitar. But what are you doing for those around you? What are you doing for your community? Uh, what are you doing for your family? Are you providing? And if somebody's providing for you, what sort of service are you offering? You know, waking up in, uh, the best way to wake up in the morning and look forward to the day is to live for, for a greater cause, something bigger than you. You've been to these absolutely wild places how did you even get the idea that I actually I'm going, I'm, I'm taking this flight today and I'm going this, or was it like a longer term realization? Cause like you have the perspectives that inform that are like, you know, there's people from different nationalities, different countries, the people don't even speak the same language as you, like people in the middle of a lake fishing. Where did the idea come? Like, Oh, I'm actually going to get in a plane today and I'm going to go. Great question. So of course I said, I saw this movie, right? Decision to take that idea and go across the world with it. Not just to do it in LA, which is where I was living at the time. Not just, not just to do it in my state or my region or my country, but to literally go across the world with it and see what the similarities and differences are in relation to happiness across all different sorts of cultures. Now, one thing you have to know, Tess, is that when I was making this, a lot of people don't know this, when I was making this, I truly believed no one would ever see it. I, I had no idea that anyone would ever be interested in it no expectations. I was just going for the truth. I didn't want to make anything flashy. I didn't want to, I wasn't looking for clickbait. 
I was just a dude, a camera, looking for a story, and then everything just happened, right? So how did I make the decision to actually like book the flight? Yeah, so I quit my job to, to pursue this. I had a great full-time job, great apartment. Tessa, when I think about it, I'm like, was it worth it? You know, was it really worth <laughs> TikTok? You know, still to this day, no matter how many people are like, I love waking up to look at, watch your videos. I'm like, yeah, but that apartment was really nice. So, um, <laughs> what were you doing to say that? What did you like sacrifice to do this? Yeah, so I, I was, I had this, I can't say like what company I was working for, but I was working yeah, for okay. a large studio in Los Angeles in a, in a creative field. I was working as a director in advertising, uh, film, and television. And it was like, it's kind of too corporate for me. It was, uh, you know, this nine to five thing. And I love the people and I love the company and I learned so much and I miss it every day. Um, but I, it was something I needed to do. You know, I needed to, I needed to travel. I needed to shoot. I needed to get this project out there. And, and everybody I worked with was really supportive. So I did it. And I was like, okay, well, I need to, I can't afford this, this fancy apartment anymore. So I have to move out. And I was in California and my family Again, that's why family is important. They were on the East Coast, and I knew I could always go back to them. I wanted to travel the world you know, with my savings, but home base was there. So I was like, okay, I need to bring my things, you know, my possessions to them. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll, I'll pack everything in my car, and I'll drive from California to New York, and I'll <laughs> stop in every single state I'm in and interview these people. And then halfway through, my buddies from college – you know, called me up and what one of them lives in India and the other one lives, you know, in, uh, in, in America on the East coast. And we had often fantasized about going to India and traveling and finally they were like, all right, let's do it. And it was halfway through my trip and I had already run out of all my money. So I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll go in the black. I don't care. And so I did. It. I, I was like, and for everybody that's listening, that's like, must be nice. Must, dude, I was eating <laughs> Stabbed, mugged. I, I slept in cars. I slept in nasty hotels. I slept in the street. It wasn't safe. It wasn't, I didn't have, I didn't have a safety net. I had a support system. I had somewhere to leave my guitar. But yeah. those are like, must be nice to, to run out of money and then just be like, you go to India. No, dude, it was tough, dude. I was mugged. I was, I was robbed. Dude, I have so much to tell you. I, India emptied me. Like I, when I left India, I, I literally came to India with two suitcases full of clothes and things. I left with half a suitcase. Do you think that experience is, makes me happy? And do you think that after all of that, I really wanted to edit a documentary series about the entire experience? No, I didn't. <laughs> so you, you get to India, right? You step off the plane. And yeah. it's like, India is such a strange place because it's like these extremes of like extreme wealth and extreme poverty. And then there's these areas which are like really Americanized suburbs because of that suburban development in the 80s and 90s. And it's like, where do you even begin? Like where, when you step off the plane in India, where do you begin? Who did you right. speak to first? Fortunate to have a friend who lived there that was like, we, we should, you, you'd like to see this city, you'd like to see this city. And while I was traveling, while I was shooting this, I, in my head, I was like, I'd like to speak to a monk. I'd like to speak to a homeless person. I had like people I'd like to speak to, 
And I did those things. I made sure I interviewed these specific classes of people, types of people I wanted to interview. But mostly it was like, I was getting a coffee and I asked the barista, are you happy? Or I was walking down the street and I see this guy and I ask him, are you happy? And those are where, you know, the best stories came from. So with India, it was like, I literally, I got on a plane and I looked at the girl next to me. I was like, hey, are you happy? And of course <laughs> we hit it off. And then by the time we land, we're best friends. And she's like, you know, this, this is a little sneak peek to an upcoming episode. But she's like, oh, we realized that we're actually going to the same hostel in the city we're flying to. And she's like, you know what? Why don't you just ride with me and my friends? And we, we meet her friends and we land in the city and we get in it. So it was like, you know, we have a whole adventure with them. Basically, it was like, who, do, who am I sitting next to? Who do I see that looks interesting? Really, there's 7 billion stories out there. So take your- Let's kind of de- delve into the philosophy of that question a little bit. Because people really seem to like answering it. Like, you see the response that you're getting as well. Like, you've got millions of likes on TikTok at this point. People really like to answer the question, are you happy? Do you think that it's just because there's a novelty in it that we don't really get it? Or do you think it, because it seems that people actually really engage with it. People are like, I'm surprised you're asking me, are are you happy? So why do you think that it is that people resonate so much with that question? At first, people will think you're messing with them. They'll be like, what? And when you really really tell them that you want to know how they feel, anybody, if you could convince anybody that you truthfully want to know how they feel, you want to know their story. You want them to just speak to you in an honest way with no ulterior motive, with nothing you want to take from them. People are dying, dying to speak to you. Uh, somebody's like, if you ask me, I wouldn't know what to say. If you ask me, I have nothing interesting to say. People, including all those people, as long as they trust you and they know you're not trying to make fun of them, you're not trying to steal from them, you don't have some secret motive the world is dying to speak. How many people did you interview for this? Do you, Do you think that these hundred people represent, like, because of the parallels you've seen, do you think they represent um, us as human beings? Like, do you think you tell a lot of really interesting stories here? Because take a sneak peek in, into people listening. And if you haven't already, uh, throw talking uh, during this conversation I haven't checked out are you happy on tiktok you should probably do that already uh, there's this one story where you come across this girl and she's like i ran away from my parents yeah so my intention is not to tug on heartstrings my intention is not to make you cry my intention is not to make you smile my intention is not to make you happy my intention is not to make you sad my intention is not to uh, even make you question whether or not you're happy my intention is very very simple I just want to tell people stories, whether that's a a moving story about a girl who ran away for love or a guy that's just walking down the street and is like, you know, I I just like to do nice things for my wife. Or somebody's like, oh, I'm not locked up. I'm not in jail. So yeah, whatever it is, I, to be honest, I don't care. I don't care if the answer is boring to, to some and exciting to others because I've posted interviews that I'm like, this one's so-so. And then people are like, this, this is the one I relate to the most. <laughs> and then I posted ones that I'm like, myself, I'm like, this, this will be big. Um, people will get this, people will feel this. And then, eh, not so much. So I've gotten to the point that I really, I don't care. Um, I, I, I don't care what they say as long as they're being honest. What, why TikTok? 
then? Why not like? Yeah, great know? question. So TikTok was the debut platform. Um, we are slowly putting this on other platforms. For example, uh, the Are You Happy series has like one minute sort of vlogs or raw interviews on TikTok. And that's where our largest audience is. But if you feel like you don't really have a good sense of the person that I'm interviewing and you want to see like the interaction from beginning to end, like how I walk up to them and how I leave them, that's on my Instagram. Instagram has like the raw, uncut interviews. And it's like, there's no glitz, there's no glamour, there's no music. It's just the camera and them. And my YouTube has like the vlog learn about where this idea came from why did it who am i who's am i who am i called to be where we're going with it blah 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 that's all on my youtube so I'm, i didn't really choose tiktok and then of course like it really took off but it'll take off on youtube too and it's already taken off on instagram and they will all take off for three different reasons you know what are you doing now like uh, as this series is being released and and like do you have plans i know we're all uh, quarantined up but like do you have another series cooking in the pipeline or are you going to focus on this for a while? Yeah. So I, I kind of have to quote unquote, get back to work because it's quarantine. That's really run its course for me personally. I'm kind of over it. So I have to get back to work. I work as a director for an advertising film and TV and I'm signed with an agency in Europe that I have to go back to within like the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to get back to work. In the meantime, going to be editing the footage for episodes I haven't posted, doing follow-up interviews with people that, you know, a lot of you guys have questions for those people I interviewed, so I want to get those answers for you. I'm going to be shooting more episodes of the Are You Happy series wherever I go. I'm going to Europe, so definitely going to be shooting there. But for the most part, I'm, go I'm going back to work, which is what I was doing before the quarantine, which is working and, you know, making commercials for y'all. What is happiness? I'll tell you a quick little anecdote. When I was in Utah, I did one of my greatest interviews. I climbed to one of the mountains in Zion National Park. So while in Utah, I climbed a mountain in Zion National Park to do this famous sunrise hike, meaning you start the hike in nearly complete darkness. And by the time you get up, the sun is peeking over the mountains and it's one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. I was dangerously underprepared for this hike i had a t-shirt on i had khakis on i didn't have running shoes and it was february and at the bottom of the mountain it was cool it was fine not you know not too not too cold about 30 minutes later i'm on icy paths incredibly narrow with over 100 foot drop and i'm freezing i was so afraid that I actually, I turned the camera toward me and, and I said my goodbyes, my family, in case, in case something happened. So I finally make it to the top of the mountain. I'm freezing, I can't, I can't feel anything. I can barely put my camera on. But I see this guy, top of the mountain, and I was like, all right, this is, I gotta ask this guy, because this guy, <laughs> I gotta I'm here now. We talk, and Tessa, I tell you, this was the, the greatest interview that I did. And I get to, then of course I open my big mouth and I get to talking about what I'm doing, who I am, why I'm doing it. And then he's like, hold, hold on, hold, hold a second. I can't tell you exactly why, but he demanded that that footage never be seen. Let's just say his, his job and uh, clearance would be in jeopardy. <laughs> 
if anything were to be re- were to be released about him, his life, or his location at that time. So I uh, said, so of course, anytime somebody's like, no, I don't want to be interviewed, turn the camera off, delete that. I'm like, yes, of course. So I say, sure, no problem. But what he does is he gives me an extra pair of gloves um, because he saw my hands at this point were purple. And so I take these gloves and test them. When I tell you, these gloves not only were warm, but they made me feel okay inside. Something about these gloves made me feel that everything would be okay. And I had just recorded a video telling my mom that, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for eating the cookies and, you know, or whatever. And then he, then he looked down at my shoes and he's like, kid, you're going to lose your life over those shoes. So he gives me these grips that I could put on. It's like these like rubber things that I put over my shoes. And Tess, when I tell you, not only did these things give me grip, I felt that I felt a magnetic pull to the ground. I felt that no matter what, I wasn't falling off anything that day. And so we get to the bottom of the mountain. We say our goodbyes. I give him his gloves back. I give him his grips back. And then as I'm about to leave, he gives me another little come here. I go, God, what now, you know? And he's like, I want you to have this. And he gives me a jacket. He's like, the jacket you have on now, I had a t-shirt under it, but it was a jacket. The jacket you have on now wouldn't keep you cold on a summer day. I wouldn't keep you warm <laughs> on a summer day. So, so take this jacket. And I was like, dude, no, I can't take your jacket. It was a nice jacket. I was like, I can't. And he's like, take it. And you know, these types of people, if you're catching my drift, what kind of person, when they say do something, you do it. And he's like, I'm going to throw it out anyway. If you don't take it, it's just going to be thrown out. So just take it. And so I was like, okay, can't say no. I walk away and it hits me like a, a truck. Immediately, what happiness is. Happiness is something that you give and something that you receive. It's not something that's built up inside. It's not something that's born inside you and stays inside you. until it's, No, if you have something, a kind word, a gift, a hug, a gesture, give it and it will make that person feel happy. And if somebody gives you that gesture, that's how you then feel happy so happiness is not something you cling on to it's something that comes and something that you could give and if you are in a constant state of giving i promise you will be in a constant state of receiving ah there we go it should be working now where did you find the curious project anyway i i don't remember i think i just clicked on it you know scrolling well are you? Am um, I what? Happy. I don't know. I don't really like my job, but I like my friendships, and I'm kind of scared of what would happen if I quit, so... Sort of? I guess. What about you? Well... Yeah. Good job. Some good friends. Great girlfriend. And... Each one of those brings a different kind of happiness into my life. I actually am. Um, 